When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And I was like, why are you so obsessed with me? Check it, check it, check, check, check. Why are you so obsessed with me? Boy, I want to know. That was uh, Mariah Carey taking a jab at Eminem for being so obsessed with her. I love that song. So many good songs we forget about. That's a classic. That's a classic, folks. Welcome to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. If you're tuning in, then you know what this is. Maybe you just stumbled upon it. More power to you for stumbling upon gold on this fine morning. I made it, guys. Look it. I, I'm, I, I uh, was gone for a little bit, and I'm back. I'm back with, uh, with fury and vengeance. No, there's no vengeance. I'm not trying to... Uh, you know, attack anybody. I'm just saying I'm here with some energy. I'm back in action. Back at it. The, the gang is back together. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's been, a, it's been a, a crazy time. I got a new dog. I told you guys that last couple days ago, actually, the podcast just came out a couple days ago. So we got a, a tight turnaround here because I'm trying to be consistent. Can't miss. I've missed a couple podcasts in my career of podcasting. I think like two or three. And uh, I just want to be here for you guys, you know. I'm here for you. I'm here for total strangers. That's basically what I'm saying. Um, yeah, I got my new dog, Chaplin. Chaplin's been great. He's been snuggling Carlin like a motherfucker. They are so cute. They sleep in the same crate sometimes, which I wouldn't recommend on a regular basis. If you have a big dog and a little dog, you know, he could roll over and suffocate him. The last thing I need is another dead dog. Am I right? <laughs> too soon. Seriously, too soon. Um, I have Fozzie's ashes in a little box right outside of my door I don't know what to do with them like I want to make like a little Fozzie shrine but then like you know if a guy comes over I don't want to look like that like a crazy bitch who just can't get over her dog because the type of shrine I want I would want to put together would probably be terrifying to anybody even my family members you know I'd want to put photos up and probably an eternal um, Spanish candle that you can get at the grocery store. I just would have it burning all the time. <laughs> so he's he's chilling in a box on a on my bookcase right now with some flowers around it. I, he my dog is dead. For anybody who doesn't know, I don't. I'm not like abusing my animal. He's not stuck in a box. His ashes are in a box. Thank you for bringing it up and making me feel like a complete horrible person. Um. Yeah. And uh, I've got like a little hat that he used to wear there. I've got his collar. I made the lady do paw prints of his little paw. I can't even talk about it. I'm going to start crying again. I mean, come on. I got to cry in my own time. I did enough crying on the podcast about Fozzie. If you haven't heard that, listen to that one. Um, I talk about my dog dying and I cry multiple times. Um, so it's, it's weird to have a new dog, but he's settling in nicely. Charlie Chaplin, my little, he's like a, some sort of mix I don't know, like a chihuahua mix. He doesn't really look like a chihuahua. He's funny as hell. And 
my the thing that I'm most happy about is him and Carlin get along. Foz used to bite Carlin's face all the fucking time. And Chaplin and him are just like licking each other's dicks all day. It's just so weird. Like, why can't people just be like dogs, like non judgmental? Like, you know, there's no homophobia. Like Carlin, like they just lick each other's dicks and then they play and then it's fine. Like there's no, you know, there's no discrimination between them. Like this morning, Chaplin was just chilling on me and Carlin came over, gave him a little dick lick, a little morning dick lick, a little MDL. You guys know about the MDL, right? (laughs) So there's a lot of harmony happening under my roof these days. Um, It's nice. We're settling in nicely. Everyone's coming out of the darkness. We feel good. I am going to be at Helium Buffalo this weekend. I am going to be performing at Helium Comedy Club in Buffalo, New York, the 17th, 18th, and 19th. Get the chicken wings ready. Get the wings ready, you sons of bitches. I want some wings. I want some buffalo wings. I will be there with my boy, Marty Caproni. We're going to have a damn good time. That is this coming Thursday, Friday, and Saturday in Buffalo, New York. Classy town, classy people, hardworking people. I can't wait. I'll feel like I'm home. You know, it's very close to Syracuse. It's in that upstate realm, that upstate area of the world where, um, you know, there's a lot of winters. I mean, that win- last winter, Buffalo almost died. <laughs> that whole place almost died. The winter almost engulfed the entire town. So I'm happy that they prevailed. Let's hope that this winter is a little bit more mild, especially because I don't want to fly from L.A. into a winter. That's one of those things, like when you travel, if you live on the West Coast and then you fly into winter, it really, it just sort of, it's jarring. Because you wake up here, like right now, it's like 65, which is chilly. I'm fucking freezing. But, you know, you leave this beautiful, sunny, consistent weather and you fly into like, you know, Cincinnati. And you're just like, oh, okay. Um, There are places other than L.A. I didn't know that. And it's crazy because I'm from practically the East Coast. I grew up there. So I'm, I'm acting like this is all new to me. I'm very excited to be there. Healing Buffalo, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And then I'm I'm gonna be I'll be home for Christmas. You can okay. Um, I'll be home for Christmas in Syracuse again. Even though I was just there for two fucking weeks and almost clawing my eyes out. Actually, no, it was okay. We had a good time. Um, be home there chilling. Um, my father recently bought an elliptical machine. My dad is a gambler. Okay, here's a backstory. I don't know if I told you guys this. If I if I did, I apologize. Okay, I have short-term memory loss. It's hereditary. My father suffers from it as well. Please don't bring it up. It, it'll make me very sad. Um, he uh, has a gambling issue. And, you know, he'll, he'll gamble on Barkino. He'll just lose all his money on, like, bingo. He just he just wants to gamble. It doesn't matter. Like, it, it'll just be like a verbal bet. He, he doesn't matter. He just wants to gamble. And it's been that way for years. And he wastes a lot of his money on these dumb gambling games that he partakes in and so recently in the past few months he's been trying to not gamble and my father has very low willpower you know (laughs) it's just he's lucky he's not like an overeater because he just would be enormous he would have no ability to stop himself uh you know he's addiction is is a some is something that kind of is in my family so he's addicted to gambling 
So he wanted to really focus on not gambling and he's, and he's done it. I'm surprised. I was very proud of him. He stopped gambling as much as he had been doing it and he saved like $3,500. That may not be a lot to some of you, but for a man who's never had, you know, who's used to having negative numbers in his bank account, it's a lot of money. I was very proud of him. So what did he decide to buy with his money? An elliptical machine. (laughs) For his bedroom. <laughs> My dad is like 77 years old. He, he he likes to work out. You know, he's got a set of weights he works with. So now he's sweating to the oldies on his elliptical machine that he got from not gambling money. So proud of him. So very proud of you, Joe Peluso. He also got an iPhone. I got my father an iPhone. I may have mentioned that as well, um, which is a whole other situation. He had He used to joke that he had a rotary phone for years that was his cell phone and now he has an iphone and the reason for getting him an iphone is i wanted him and i to be able to facetime my mom and i do that my sister and i do that. that's how we stay in touch and so i brought him to the at&t store and he was worried about getting all his contacts moved over i gotta gotta got my contacts babe got all my contacts i don't want to lose all, all my friends my numbers and i was like okay dad we'll get the contacts transferred they can do that it's this beautiful thing called technology okay i know in your day you had to chisel and stone it you had to just, you know, carve it into a, into a, the side of a rock. But now we've got buttons we push and, and people to do that for you. So I told the girl, I'm like, please make sure all of his contacts gets transferred. We go to see a movie. That's when we went to go see Krampus. We come back and I was like, were you able to transfer all the contacts? And in my mind, I'm not thinking, considering how many contacts my father has. Because in my phone, I have 420 contacts. And I like to keep it at 420. You know what I'm saying? Puff, puff on that low, low. Um... I have an enormous, it's literally like 420 contacts. So I'm thinking like, oh, it's probably going to take a couple hours. 22 contacts. Joe has 22 people in his phone. Some of them are duplicates. So I'm going to average probably about seven people that he just has three times in his phone under different names because he has short-term memory loss and he can't remember that he had it in the phone in the first place. I think I'm in his phone as Jess, Jesse, and Jesse May. Just three of the same numbers. (laughs) So that was hilarious. So now he's got an iPhone and we're going to start FaceTiming. I'm very excited about all these changes. See, people, it's never too late. It's never too late to get out of your, you know, rut that you're in. You know, you you can't just be the way you are always. You got to change a little bit. My dad was very stubborn about his phone. He wanted to keep that piece of shit LG bullshit flip phone with a a full QWERTY keyboard. What do you, murder she wrote? Why do you have to have 47 keys on your phone? What is this? What are you, a detective in the 80s? You got to type out a report? Jesus Christ. So, you know, he, he was stubborn about keeping it because he, he knew how to use it. And, he, you know, and he was stubborn about gambling. And a 77-year-old man can change. You can change, too. No excuses. Okay, you lazy sons of bitches. Um, <laughs> New Year's Eve. I have a show on New Year's Eve. Uh, the 29th, 30th, and 31st, I am playing Chicago with my girl, Marcella Arguello. Um, on the 29th, I will be at the St. Charles Zanies. On the 30th, I will be at the Rosemont Zanies. And on New Year's Eve, I will be at Chicago, 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 <laughs> Chicago, <laughs> Chicago Zanies, um, downtown. I think they call it Old Town. I think that's the area. So the 29th, 30th, 31st in Chicago, in order, St. Charles on the 29th, Rosemont on the 30th, and 
down uh, Chicago proper on the 31st, New Year's Eve. Come ring in the new year with us. It'll be a great show. Marcel and I are going to dress up like ladies for once. Uh, we may even wear a dress. We don't know. We, we might get crazy. We're going to wear like really nice eyeshadow. We're going to pull, pull all the stops. Fake eyelashes. We're coming at you hard. Hard. So please come ring in the new year with me, with myself and Marcella. I would also love for you to come see me at Buffalo, in the Helium Comedy Club in Buffalo. Great time last year when I played it. I love that club. The audiences were amazing. The audience was amazing. Um, there wasn't more than one audience. Well, there were if you consider I did multiple shows. So I guess I said that properly. I um, Yeah, come out and see me. The last shows of the year. Helium Buffalo and Chicago Zanies. So I hope to see your faces. And this week uh, on the podcast, I interviewed one of my newer comedian friends, somebody who I enjoy um, just harassing on a regular basis as much as I can. There's certain people who you love to just bust balls with, especially in comedy. That's just what you do. You kind of, you chop each other down, but not to be mean, just because it's, it's the sport of the art of comedy. You just, you know, it's like being kids on a playground. You just chop each other down a little bit and then you laugh about it and, you know, you go home and cry alone like a grown up. <laughs> but uh, one of my favorite new people is Mo Mandel. You have to check him out. He was, um, uh, he had a show on True TV called Barmageddon. I think it's still running. I don't know if he's taping anymore. Um, uh, you can check it out though. I'm sure you can find it online. Barmageddon was a, a fun one. I think he's, he's, he himself has says he only watched like one episode, which is the way it goes sometimes when you have shows, you're like, I, I don't want to watch myself. I felt the same way about girl code. Um, but he's very funny touring comedian. He's uh, done late night sets and his new special negative reinforcement is going to be out soon. So look for that. The very funny and full of anger and angst undealt with anger. <laughs> Mo Mandel. It's, it's, it's a sharp tongue podcast, and we're on right now. Oh, it's the sharp tongue, yeah, sharp tongue podcast. You're right. playing with my dog. Can you focus? Are you? Are it's you? Not my fault. A, your dogs love me. You can put that down. You don't have to like hold your. So you, I don't get earphones. All the success you've had, you can't get double earphones listen i'm ear listening because my voice is important to me yours isn't <laughs> mm. thank you proceed Actually, but you're in there as well so that was a flawed logic it was a terrible logic. it was terrible logic i didn't yeah. think it through Do why are my dogs all over you right Look, now there's something you need to know about me i have a very engaging personality and in animals of all kinds like me you're, you're the exception to the rule you're saying this with you're your crotch the <laughs> in my face yes I'm trying to you show you all my good in. qualities. I just made you coffee. You're settled on my couch with your crotch in my face. I feel like we've been in a three-year relationship. And it feels good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I agree with you. We haven't had sex yet, so it is like a yeah. three-year oh, relationship. Yeah, you say yeah. Well, look, animals, dogs surrounding me. Is, yeah. is that what gets you in the, the mood? Th yes. If I'm going to be quite honest, yes. You seem, you know what I think? I'm going to make a judgment call about Please. you. Are you a relationship guy? I come from a very stable marriage background. Really? My parents have been married for almost 50 years. They are still, they go tango dancing three nights a week. And get this, what? this is some blow your mind logic. They are still living in the same house in which I was born. So they're just super I was super born in the house. You were born in the, ho like, in the house. With a midwife? There was a midwife, no doctor. 
Because I was like a shaman, it's hippie. Like who does there that? was a Native American with a gong. <laughs> no, I was. Cause I, grew <laughs> up in a, I grew up in a very small, teeny town where there, it's called Boonville, California, and you couldn't. There wasn't really a hospital necessarily, so you had to have doctors that would kind of come around. Really? And I came out very fast, apparently. Well, that's no first of all. Surprise. My mom's got a huge puss, and come I on. think I'm sorry. You I just wanted to. to there. I just How wanted to break. It? It. it was such a sweet <laughs> podcast, right on it? top. And it was just wanted to go. Give there. me like, give me like a ballpark. I mean, it's <laughs> you. Have you ever seen those little Mini Coopers? <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say equate it to something. No, I guess my, my mom likes to say I was very excited to come out into the world. So you, it wasn't a long labor. Very quick. Or pre- well, well, you know, yeah. here's what blows my mind. My brother had spinal meningitis when he was a baby and had to like, live in an incubator. He was before me. So even with that huge warning about the fragility of baby life, my parents were like, let's just pop this little fucker out at home. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, yeah, if I had, spinal meningitis, like, who cares? Like, if I had died, no one could have been that sympathetic to my parents. They were like, I mean, talk about not learning the fucking lesson. That's crazy. And they think, yeah. see, I think stability is obviously like in this generation you rarely meet somebody whose parents are still together not only still together but it seems like they're in love they have an amazing marriage so what was the judgment call you were going to make about me though i didn't quite understand well the judgment call i was saying that you're you know because there's such a stigma with comics i mean men in particular but women too that we're we're incapable of healthy relationships and i don't know that i'm capable of a healthy relationship okay i do say there is a part of me that I feel driven to find that, but I, I mean, I also, when I'm in that, feel driven to fucking destroy that. So, you know, that's more a question for all the ex-girlfriends in my life who I think would probably not say that. Have you really been in love, you think? Yes. Yeah. I can, I can feel love. I mean, this one time I booked this part, I mean, the the way my heart opened up, it was just (laughs) amazing. It was a two-week guest star, real good back end. (laughs) Real good back end. That's what you go in for. You like that back end action. You gotta get that back end. (laughs) Uh, no, yeah, I think, yeah, I've been in love. I think I've definitely been in love. I mean, we've all been in love, right? It's just, can yeah. you maintain it? Yeah, the maintain That's what blows one. my mind. My parents met when my mom was like 24. She's now 70, essentially. That's wild. How do you keep being like, I can't wait to get all up on that? You know what I mean? I and know. yet you have to have those feelings or I just think it's a different kind of love anymore. I think it's, I think it, a lot of it relies on reinventing the relationship in yourselves, don't you think? I mean, I think... Yeah, I mean, like, I think like, like, finding like new let's things. use our, us as an example. Okay, our relationship. Yeah, right now we're kind of in this repartee, <laughs> you know, brother sister dynamic, you know, but we're gonna soon reinvent into like a really more passionate, like a sort of a primal fingering of love. <laughs> and that's and I think we and that's the and, and as I'm saying that your dog is like holding this ball. My dog to my face, dropped like, a blue ball on just you. Literally, a blue ball. it's such a metaffor for what's for really what's gonna really happen. gonna what the actual evolution of our <laughs> yeah. relationship. Me driving back to Hollywood, like why did I drive out to Marina Del Rey for this bullshit? As you're talking about our love, Carlin drops a well, blue ball okay, on your lap. Fair enough. There wasn't like a plethora of ball colors he had to choose from. No, he, okay, he no. didn't choose a blue ball on I purpose. Chose it on okay, purpose. you did. <laughs> if I open up your closet, there's eight other toys, and you chose this one all- for this occasion. Each guest gets their different dog toy that's beautiful the blue ball is for mo mandel specifically what would your girl code wisdom set say about um a guy uh, like myself from of a stable background but does that would that girl code speak would that mean that he's more capable to have a relationship or less capable because i have my own opinion on this well i think as a girl hearing you come from a stable background uh the innate animal thing inside of me that lives says in your procreate vagina. with the, him. The troll in your vagina. Yeah, but actually my whole vagina is a troll. There isn't one living in there. It's just a troll face. And the troll face says 
get in a relationship with him. Yeah, but it, that's like an instinctual thing because mm-hmm. like when a girl hears, it, women like stability. Mm-hmm. And I think when, not just like on a, you know, like but an do emotional level. you like stability? Level, I need, I thrive off of but, it. But it's so interesting you say that because your life is so not stable. Exactly why I, th- you, you just <laughs> We're on my patio, and you, there's all this like. Sh- 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 this is this, but you know what? It's, you're an interesting case, Miss Paluso. Paluso. Learn how to say my name. Paluso? You're going to take Palo- it. Paluso. <laughs> okay, this is what's interesting. You are have a very unstable life. You you travel around. You offer me coffee. You have no milk that isn't spoiled in your. And in your milk fridge. literally came and out yet, chunky. And yet, there's so much decoration in here. You have little rocks in your sink. Like you really. <laughs> Are a homemaker, a homemaker of a home of which you do not live in. Yeah, it's it's it's. So a let me ask you this: thing. Is this the life you wanted, or is this the life that success thrust you into? I think I've always been this way. Like as far as like, I, I'm like a little hermit crab. I create my little home. You know, like I've always done that. I always decorate. Yeah, it's beautiful. I, I really, to me, is very appealing. Because as a man, you depend on women to enrich your life and to right. make it fuller. And there's something that I've like I, in the last year and a half. I've been single for the first time in four and a half years. I had a girlfriend for four and a half years and then I lived with her and all that. And just realizing just the lack of drive to even put up one well, picture one on the frame. wall. One just frame. one frame. Of, of something you succeeded yeah, at. Yeah, like when I did Conan for the third time, that was like a milestone for me and I got the cue card, you know, and that has been on my table for a year and a half, unframed, <laughs> being sun warped. Just can't. <laughs> sun warped. I just can't even take That should the be the title initiative. of your next DVD, right. sun but here, But to get back to relationships, because people think, if your parents think, if your, par- if your parents are married yeah. and you don't come from a broken home and you have like a loving parent, then you're probably more likely to be able to have a loving relationship yeah but i actually think it could go the other way because i think if your parents have such a great marriage it's actually quite intimidating because it's a lot of pressure a lot of pressure and you feel like every relationship you're in is not actually living up to that whereas your parents have a shit marriage like yourself it's true do they okay i was just trying to be an asshole yeah i mean my my parents separated when i was nine it wasn't it was not a shit marriage, but it was definitely but a you detrimental. Did, and, and you didn't help, and the whole thing. Kind I mean, of I felt caused the marriage. You caused the marriage. Yeah, you caused the marriage itself. I caused I caused a divorce, and I caused <laughs> the marriage. Oh, did they get married after you got pregnant? Yeah. Really? No, I'm. Oh, that would be so no, great if you're kidding. like, I got y'all in, and I'm getting y'all out. <laughs> I'm the reason. It but all I'm saying work. is, if your parents don't have a good marriage, you're somehow inspired to create that. It's like kids who are rich yeah, have a hard true. time getting rich themselves because they just can't live up to that shit. Yeah, it can go both ways, but I I do think that. It, it, you can also say you'll have a tendency to, if you come from a, a marriage that was separated like mine, you can be destructive in a relationship like I have been in the past. Right. It's sort of like you just repeat what you have been exposed to. But in the same breath, you could also want something better to not follow suit from yeah. you know what you were raised under. And, and want something healthy, but you know, it, it all I think it just comes down to like self-awareness and what you're willing to admit about yourself in, in facing the issues that you have. That's a tough thing to do. No, it's definitely it's definitely a tough thing to do because one thing like you know you you're well I don't know well not to bring it directly back to you but you, that's, you can that's do exactly it. I feel what like you're trying I feel like this podcast is for you to figure out if I'm wifey material go ahead well one you're an interesting case because you you have a certain persona and the fact that you 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 have an edge to you for sure and that's what I like about when I I don't I haven't hung out with you very lot but I like the insulting repartee kind of thing we get into that's, <laughs> I only do that to you no but uh, really that'd <laughs> be so kidding. interesting if I see you around other comics you're like, <laughs> like I hey, bought guys. y'all some buffins <laughs> why am I why do I sound I know, like Dolly like, Parton I bought y'all some some wonderful baked goods hey Mo nice fucking hair you Jew bitch <laughs> 
I'm like, whoa, that is unnecessary. You're like, whoa, that's sexy. But growing up in the family I grew up in, it's like all Jews and Italians, and it's like I'm not Italian. My parents lived communally with these Italians in the hip in the '60s, so all my cousins are like non really cousins, but they're all Italians, and. Everyone just insults everyone all the time. Yeah. Like that's the like my family is so embarrassing to bring a girlfriend home to because it's like we'll be sitting there, we have a nice meal, we're living out in the country, and my parents just find a way to argue over African fucking tax something with the government. I'm like, why are you guys arguing about this shit you read in the New Yorker? It's like this big argument. I'm like, none of this has anything to do with anything. But that's how I feel alive. Like that's the only <laughs> that's way I know funny. how to connect to people. I was I was thinking about something like when this situation happened, I was thinking like, this is crazy. I was in the airport in a connecting flight with my dad and I was on the phone with AT&T trying to get my international plan. Cause I was going to Barbados and before the lady got onto the phone, the customer service rep, you know, it takes like 20 minutes to get these people on the fucking phone. Yeah. My dad and I got into a debate about Muslims and, Good. and you know, my father is of a different era and generation and he's a Sicilian male and he has these ideals that don't really reflect modern society. He's Sicilian? He's Sicilian. And not a fan of the Muslims. It, it's shocking. One, well, it's not that w- so, so you're telling me one dark, swarthy, probably <laughs> overly aggressive male does not like another. That's no, interesting. It's not that he doesn't like Muslims. It's that his... He doesn't understand. He's like, we got to get rid of all the Muslims. I'm like, Dad, it's not the Muslims that are the problem. It's the radicals. And so him and I are having this argument while I'm trying to get an international plan with a woman who's very well probably from, you know, India or someplace, you know, her accent. And so in between me being like, yeah, no, I need the $30 plan. I'm like, Dad, it's the radicals. You can't get all the Muslims out of America. It's just not right. And this woman's like, do you want to call back? Like, it sounds like you're having... Right, a conversation, but that it's needs exactly to be off the phone. right. But here's the tricky part about this whole like Muslim situation. Like even what you just said, who's probably from India, a place that is entirely also at war with Muslims. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. but a lot of Americans don't know that. No, so they're like anybody that. who's from like fucking India or any of this. They're like they're all radicals. Like you don't understand. They are fighting. They've been fighting this war for, longer for centuries, like, centuries. millennia. Yeah. And like my and so this woman's probably listening to me. You know, and she's like, "This fuck, these fucking white people are here arguing about Muslims. They have no idea what the hell the real issue right, is. Right, right, And she can hear, like, you know, air, airport sounds in the background. She knows I'm going to Barbados. Like, what the fuck are you two arguing about? But this about? is, like, this is the reality of what it means. Like, I tried to, my, my comedy special that I just shot is called Negative Reinforcement. And it's it's all, like, I take take the, I take, try to take, like, the idea that being negative actually is positive because it kind of makes you... And to me, it makes me feel a lot more alive to pick apart what's wrong with everything and all yeah, that. Because then you can find maybe you something find about it. It's like I, I can't be around. I don't know how to exist in a world where you're just saying things are great. You know, like yeah, if you go to Barbados, realistic. what are you thinking when you're on that beach in the sun? I, I was, I, I was just like. You know, my everyone's like, it's so great, it's so beautiful. In my mind, I'm like, how are these people surviving? Like, how does it feel to live in an island culture where a majority of your of your nation's income comes from 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 tourism? Right. Like, I, it's I like your country is place. a whore. Your country's a whore, and not only a whore, it. It, it needs it to but survive. But how good is the fish? It's so good. Oh, my God. I mean, <laughs> proverbially, it's delicious. Actually, it's not. You want to hear it's very depressing? I lived in Barbados for six months in college. You did? Yeah, and I went to uh, Trinidad, and, and this is just such a fucking funny way the That's world so actually awesome. works. That's so awesome. What a cool experience. Yeah, it was great. And uh, it was the only time you could be white and Jewish and exotic. <laughs> it was like 98% black. Do you use it as a joke? That's it's really so funny. It's so true, though. I mean, I did very that. fucking well. They were just like, who is this yeah, and white mother? slightly gingery. Little ginger? You got to dash a ginger. dash, though. I don't think it's, it's not full disaster. It's just a little no, no, bit. There's nothing wrong with ginger. That's exotic. You do look like, you know, who I told you you look like. Who? Gene Wilder. 
See, to it's me, a that compliment. is so not a compliment. And so he was not sexy true. in the 70s. I just don't look like Gene Wilder. Yes, you do. I look I'm like James Conn from Godfather. See, now you're shooting a little high. No, that's absolutely true. Is it? Yeah. I don't Him think so. Him and Brad Pitt. You're a little bit more Jewy than James Conn. Brad Pitt? I get that all the time. I don't think you do. I think you I get it when you say it in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one time I was in the elevator and I had my hair all spiked up with these girls. Was that some comedy gig and they're all drunk. And they looked at me and they go, you're like a less good looking rap Robert Pattinson. And I was like, <laughs> sure. Yeah. I'll absolutely. take it. I, absolutely. Yeah. I'm less good looking. But that. like, if I'm even in the same rap, I don't see that at all. But Wait, so go back to living anyway, in Barbados. So this is just a funny thing about the way these. So we went to Trinidad and uh, we went to this great beach and every island, every place on the beach had like a little uh shack selling these shark baked sandwiches i was like the place to go shark? for shark baked bake? sandwiches like a donut bread they bake shark oh, in it God, that like, sounds delicious oh yeah i'm like oh this is so great fucking right on the beach eating fresh yeah. shark baked sandwiches it was alive like oh, an hour so ago good. yeah exactly so i go up to the guy i'm like oh this is so awesome man and like says so do we have to worry about the sharks around these water he goes no there's no fish here all the shark comes from hong kong what? They had overfished that island like 40 years ago. There was no fish, certainly no sharks around there. Certainly not enough to facilitate a shark bait sandwich so fish culture. fish ate didn't even come from there? No, it came from fucking Hong Kong. Are you serious? Yeah, and that's the really sad reality. There's uh-huh. almost no fish around Barbados. If you want to fish around there, because we did spear fishing, you have to like take a boat like 50 miles off the shore. I mean, it's that's like, depressing. It's very fucking depressing. Well, yeah. we went snorkeling, didn't even see. I saw like one of the yeah, fish. Yeah, there's not a lot of fish around there. Finding Nemo. I was trying to find Nemo. shark bakes. Nemo left. So who are you there with? Was it a guy? I was, well, no. Such really? a pride. I felt jealous all vacation when I found <laughs> out that you were in Barbados. I was miserable at my parents' house. Over <laughs> my the sister biggie. got married. So it was just my sister, her husband, my what mom and dad. What were the groomsmen like? No, listen. I'm going to tell you. This is the smallest <laughs> wedding ever. Okay. It was my sister and I, yeah. Chris, my sister Emily, and Steve, and my mom and dad. Okay. That was it. That was it. And That's I made friends with the monkey. Did you even see on my Instagram? Do you follow me on Instagram? No, I don't. Well, we have to do that. I made friends with the monkey and That's a nice. very uh, attractive Barbadian man, Bayesian. Bayesian. Why is it Bayesian? Watch Did go you up look to into that? Con- you know what they call white people there? Con- devils. Well, devils. And uh, conky Joes. <laughs> That's white trash. That sounds like a really great fish restaurant. Yeah. Conky, I'm going to open it in Tampa. But the greatest <laughs> thing about Barbados is they only have two nightclubs on the island. And and uh, the Boatyard and like Cove Bay. So, Cove Bay. So when I was there, going, I would just record the dance hall station all the time because I just love that music. And every... They would just every night they were plugging those same two clubs. That was the only yeah. thing. Like, and don't forget to come on down to the boat yard tonight, going off all <laughs> night long. In the next commercial, coming up at Cove Bay tonight, we got DJ Spin. And it's like, yeah, we get it. There's two places to go. There's two places to go. <laughs> you do that accent really well. Why were you there? Like, I what did, was the purpose? I, I got sick. I went to UC Santa Barbara. I got kind of sick of it, and so I went abroad for basically the last two years of school. Where else? I went to England for a year, and then I went, and that I actually, it's, it was a weird part of my life because I went to England. I met a girl who became my first like real girlfriend from the Bahamas, and she was studying in England. And then I had already arranged to go to Barbados the next year for six months, which is nowhere near the Bahamas. But Yeah, it's far. No one in my family could ever get that together. Like So like, so you met Christy in England, and then you moved to her island, and <laughs> it's, like, it's about 7,000 miles away. But yeah, so that was my, uh, that was a good black people moment in my life. Did, Just was she, was she a black, black chick? People. Yeah. And then you must have dated a lot of black chicks in Barbados. Well, I was dating her at the time, so... I definitely. We I can try see black keep, girls liking you. I mean, girls. No other are, girls, but I can no see black other girls. girls like me. No, I mean, I don't know. I feel like I do fine. I do fine with you know who doesn't seem to like a lot of Asian girls. 
Asians, because they tend to go for nerdier white guys. You're yeah. not nerdy. Or, or like, you're a little bit more caustic. You know, also, it's interesting because I've, I've done some of this dating stuff. Like the, like the, the well, we sites, send, the fun thing that we the, do yeah. is we send each other the dating app people that we swipe left on. Well, I'm sure you swipe right on all everybody. Everybody. I swipe left on all the ones and I, I told send you. And I told you the new fun thing I found is put the dating app thing up to like 63 <laughs> to 70. <laughs> Because those women are still running game. Like, you'll see, like, a 62-year-old woman on there. She's like, I don't want any motherfuckers thinking he's going to get a hookup. Nothing doing this. I was like, you're about to die. You're about to die. All you should, all you should be doing yeah, is hooking like up. Like, you are lucky if anyone will put anything inside Wait, you. so if they, if they, if you see them, that means that you are in their age yeah. parameter. And I'm not, right? Yeah, yeah. We should, you know what we should do? Hmm. We should both set our parameters to old and just go out on dates and, like, get information and exchange information with the with the person we're on the date with because imagine how much we have to offer as a young person in this generation and how much they would have to offer to us what do we have to offer at all oh i have a lot you probably don't but what would you have to offer i'm saying to someone of an older generation i think you would have the ability to maybe offer a a perspective that is a little fresh you know, because I think if you've lived for so long, you've been through so many relationships, you're stuck in your ways. Right. Maybe if you come at it with a different perspective, you can be like, yo, you know, maybe you shouldn't be such an uptight Okay, bitch. let's play it out. Let's play, let's play it out, Jesse. Oh, you're the old guy. I'm the old guy. Play it out. Okay. So, Jesse, I hear you on the uh, <clears throat> the cable vision. <laughs> so, just... is David Lee Roth still in syndication on MTV? Sledgehammer. Ha! Gotta get that sledgehammer. <laughs> All of a sudden, I'm in the mood for lock stocks and bagels right now. I just well, want smoked uh, salmon. I feel like I'm on the Upper West Side. Yeah, no, this is happening at Cantor's. The guy, <laughs> the guy knew the original owner, Marty Speckman. That's amazing. All right, just I'm, well, I'm, I'm serious you... though. I want you to know. Give me some fresh perspective because I, I'm, I want to hear what do that. You not would ha- be. Do you not have? I have perspective, but I'm not so 100 percent sure that I could give a 62 year old woman who's lived longer than me. Like, let me tell you how it all works. I don't you... think it's. Let me tell you how it all works. I think it's more just sharing like what you've been through, and then her maybe getting some inspiration from she's your like, experiences. Uh-huh, that's interesting. Are you going to give me, go that, down are you gonna give me that young dick or not? Are you going to go down on this clam or not? <laughs> are you going to get all up in these folds? Who's, who's going to dust off this octopus? Not me, I'll tell you. <laughs> I got folds in there that probably have Jimmy Carter <laughs> oh, stuck Jesus inside. Oh, Jesus Christ. Too Listen, far. Too Okay, too, too far. Why did your last relationship not work? Your four years is a long time. I feel like you were on the road to getting married because yeah, you're old. Yeah, definitely were. I'm an old man. You're I'm, an old Jew man. I think I'm younger than you. Watch your mouth. I'm sorry. I'm 33. I'm 31. Okay, so you are younger than me. Yeah. I'm so much cuter, though. It's I'm, weird. like, adorable. I'm 33 myself. Are you? Yeah. Because you just want to lie? I did. I want to make you feel vulnerable. Well, I, you know, I was- I'm trying to bring about your vulnerability. I was stressed out about my age for so long, yeah. and then I just was like, I don't care. I'd yeah. rather be honest, and women don't go about it right, because women who try and say they're younger, say you're older, because people are like, damn, what are you doing with your life? You look good. Like, don't say you're younger. What is- be- I don't want to be younger. I was an asshole ten yeah. years ago. I don't want to relive that. I got to say, I, I am. I always say this, and I am much happier every year of my life so far as I get older. Yeah. Like I was miserable in high school, miserable. college. I was like always trying to find ways to be happy. I didn't really understand what really made me. I mean, you get old. I'm sure there'll be a point where you're not. Although my parents say, like, you know, I think the reality is as long as you're healthy and yeah. you have your mind, and shit, you're fucking your healthy. Life. You can be happy. Yeah. You know, it's as soon as you get like some real shit where you're like, oh, well, then you're fucked. When you I mean, this year have, like, I've been happy. Balance. I mean, like, this year's been like a weird year. I quit drinking. I got totally sober. Totally I ha- sober. I haven't had a drink since February. I'm just How do you like, do? Why, no, why did you decide to do that? I just kind of got the sense that it was going to tilt one way or the other. You had a problem with drinking? I don't know if I'd say I, I could sense that a problem was on the horizon. 
You know what I mean? And, and coming from a show on True TV called Barmageddon. Yeah, and doing that where you're drinking all the time, and I just realized, like, everything's together now. I'm able to do this now, but it could shift. You know what I mean? You just do you think the show contributed to you just being reckless? No, not really, no, because I didn't do anything reckless on the show for the most part. You know, I was like, un, you know, I showed up every day, did my job, everything was fine. It was just sort of like, you just start looking at your life, you're like, oh, okay, so I had this show. And a normal person might host a bar show and be like, oh, I'll like just take a sip of this drink on camera. But me, I'm like, no, I'm going to finish it. Yeah. And then I realize I'm like, you start tallying up how many drinks you have at the end of the week and how many weeks in a row you've had that many drinks. You're like, oh, I've drank like 200 days in a row. Yeah, and, and it's a, it gets excessive. Yeah, and it wasn't the show because I was, I mean, True TV told me when they hired me for that show, they're like, you just seem like a guy who hangs out in bars. And I was like, yeah, that's exactly yeah. what I drink like every night. But it wasn't like anything got out of control or bad. It was like, I just sort of sense like my aunt... Like my, I come. My dad doesn't really drink at all, hardly. But his sister has basically f- really fucked her life up off alcohol. How like she's she fucked up just, her marriage. She was in, in rehab facilities, and oh, she was so a super, a, super high-powered alcoholic. lawyer, super successful, but just had a real drinking problem. It's kind of fucked her up, and she's kind of bounced back and this and that. But just start thinking in the future. I'm only like, you know, I was 32 at the time when I decided to quit drinking. I was like, where does this go? Like the drinking. The drinking. Like where does this go? Like I can't guarantee I'm not going to black out and get drunk one or two nights a year and take it too far. It's true. And anything happens to you on those one or two nights it could fuck your whole life up. It could change. It could change the course. And of your I life. don't want that to happen. You know, and I went to a doctor about it. And I was like, why do I, because I, I had a couple blackouts. And he was like, you know, it's not about how much you drink or how often. It's just like some people's brains start developing that tendency as they get older. To black out? To black out. And he's like, it's like an allergy. And you have to just kind of decide whether you're going to do that. That's and I was terrifying. like, what if I black out and don't remember what I did and I did like the greatest thing I'll ever do? <laughs> like, what if I walked what if out you of had, a like, bar? The most amazing set ever. I walk out of a bar <laughs> drunk. A woman's like, help the fire. I'm like, fuck somebody's got to handle this shit break in drunk save her and her baby save her fucking kid and i get to the fireman like oh man if only you'd been there on 9 11 you know and then i like stumble into a lab cure cancer wake up in an alley in a lab coat like shit i think i fucking cooked meth last night you know what i mean like i'd have no idea what a great guy i am so i want to always <laughs> remember so funny you know that's another really funny bit also i'm worried because i used to watch that show lock up Lock up and, abroad. And, or lock up anywhere. Th- those shows are terrifying. Everybody who's in jail is in there for something they did while drunk or on, out, on drugs. True. And if I was in there, I feel like the producers would find out. And they'd be like, Mo Mandel used to make almost $32,000 a year <laughs> doing stand-up com- comedy. But now at Corcoran Penitentiary, <laughs> no one's laughing anymore. You know, they make a thing and then they cut to me and I'm like, I get raped a lot. You know what I mean? It would just be- And just, I don't mind all of it. Like the cameraman starts raping me. I'm like, oh. <laughs> Should have quit drinking. Why do you sound like Mickey Mouse when you're in jail? Well, from all the sodomy, it's all the sodomy. It makes sure it's all the sodomy. It's all the sodomy. It is what it is. (laughs) Wait, so you're evading the question? Why we got off on this? I think. Why does your relationship not work out? You have to have a confidence in yourself and your feelings to pursue things in a relationship. And I think what happened was early on, I had that confidence. Why? Well, let's move in. Let's move in. She didn't, and she was like, "I'm not ready. I'm not ready." And then by the time she was ready, I was apprehensive. And then we moved in and I just, you know, there was a pivotal moment where we moved in and I should have just thrown myself into it and got excited about this is my life. And this is, I'm going to make the best of what I, this decision I made. And I think I just kept keeping a foot out and questioning it. You were like thinking about thinking it. Thinking about it. You know, is this the right thing? Is this the right person? And then, and look, I don't. You never know. Were, was that the right person, or was the, were you right to have those thoughts? Because yeah, it's all about the timing. Like, had you maybe right. if it, she was ready in the beginning, maybe you'd still exactly. But there's no way there's to. There's no know. way to know. And then eventually, you just start poisoning that relationship, 
and resentment. His resentment sets in, and then there was just like no going back. There's point. There's a with most relationships. There's a point of no return. Yeah. There's a point of no return because you start treating each other a certain way, and you just you're like, I don't even yeah. know who you are anymore. You're a piece of shit. You know, it was weird though, like because we broke up, and I just went fucking. Also, one thing I found is I can get laid a lot more in my 30s than I ever could in my 20s. Well, I think it's just so much easier. You don't care are, about you sex as much. You fucking have more money. You can just sort of fucking, yeah. you just know how to handle yourself. So but you look older too. Women women like that. Yeah. They like a little I mean, I don't. I think I, I've aged phenomenally. You, I, I drink, mean, you definitely look older. I drink Noxzema. I can tell that you had a drinking era in your life. Oh, on your face. It, just under your right just eye on, socket. Well, that's because I spilled a lot. <laughs> <laughs> your laugh sounds like a... Tire running out of air. That's exactly and I how love my dad it. I want to go too. for that. That's laugh exactly every how my time. dad laughs. I, whenever Do you he love co- it when he laughs. Like yeah, that? whatever he, whatever. Like, first of all, that's how I started liking to make people laugh. It's just oh. ripping the shit out. My family's always insisted if my dad were famous, I would be a huge star because I could just do the best impression. Just to. <laughs> There's a great story from my dad. This is like, cause my dad's like a big guy. He's like six foot three. How old is he? He's, he's 71. But uh, so one time we showed up <laughs> on Christmas day to go skiing. He, he took me, my cousin and my brother skiing. And then when we were walking into the parking lot, he, somebody offered to, to, to sell him the lift tickets that they, as they were leaving. So he spot the lift tickets in the parking lot, you know, legally, but there was no strings. You know, they didn't have the strings that attached to your jacket. So we got up to the thing and he had, he, kind of like was like there was a big line to get lift tickets and he kind of just sort of like cut the line a little bit to get to you know because he had to get the strings and this guy starts this huge guy he's like six foot five and like super aggressive for christmas day like he's just <laughs> giving him shit in front of like us and it was like it was really like you know just like a macho he kind of like two old guys like yeah and then, and then the guy goes there's a fucking line and my dad's like nervous he's like not for strings <laughs> And so all day, because I'm such an asshole, I'm just doing this impression of my poor dad who took a ski and, on Christmas and be like, I'm a doctor. My hands are very valuable. I can't fight and there's no, the strings go onto a different ordinance. Did you make him cry laughing? I mean, he would, yeah. I mean, he would fucking cry. Like, you know, I mean, this, and anyway, so when you come to my comedy, one of the, be- the best moments of my life, I think, one of the best moments of my life was this year when I shot my comedy special. My dad came. And when I shot it in the theater, I got my first and still only standing ovation from ah. my dad, and I, like called him out from the stage, and and uh, we shot a little skit together, which I then edited out because this is Why? a tough business. <laughs> I didn't like the way he did his line. Oh my god, this is Jesus! <laughs> but then I kept it's a the tough ni- business. But I kept a nice shot of him laughing in the crowd at the end and stuff. So it was it was cool. That's know? it. That's um. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe you cut your dad out of your fucking it's special. A, look, I told him he was hamming it up. I said, look, he was going t- working too hard. Working it. I said, Dad, let the camera come to you. Yeah. You know, you've don't, been a psychiatrist go, yeah. for 40 years. You should know this by now. Yeah, and your dad's a psychiatrist. <laughs> See, there's so many things that are setting you up for a very healthy, normal life. You think life. so? That's yes. a very odd opinion to take because usually people say the complete opposite. You tell someone your dad's a psychiatrist, like, oh, no wonder you're fucked up. I, I don't know. I guess they look at it from a different perspective. Yeah. You know, well, I mean, I like where your mind's at. The, uh, you know, Thinking you, about our future together. Will it be healthy? <laughs> Will it work? I think you're at this weird resistant period with me. I am, a, and I, there's periods in our relationship yeah, now. I think. Well, the only well period no, we're, no, we're in the first period. You are in a position where you're resistant to having those feelings for me. Oh, is I, that what yeah, it is? I feel that. Okay, I generally do. Is that what it is? I do feel that. Okay, yeah. Maybe your I dad think you probably you have. Bit. Let me break you down now. You probably have, uh, through whatever reason, your dad's probably a fucking Sicilian hothead. Kind of, you have this sort of attraction to a different kind of guy that you probably pursue. Often, and to varying varying degrees of hey. of satisfaction for you, and it's probably not the kind of it's probably not me. 
And I Who's think there's a guy? weird, I don't know. We're still trying to figure out who that guy is. But I feel like <laughs> in terms of your relationship to me, you're, you are not comfortable with the the part of you that thinks maybe I do like that guy. Well, sh- that we should be married? Not that we should be married, but that we should definitely investigate <laughs> a relationship together. Usually when you say the word investigate, there was a murder. We're feeling the scope of where they could go. I don't know if I want to be in a relationship with Woody Allen right now. Well, wait, he's done very well for You said investigate, and that usually leads to a murder. No, not to a murder. To a murder of old ways of approaching our heart. Oh my and god! A rebirth oh my god! <laughs> new is, ones. Did Daniel Steele just take over the podcast? No, she is my favorite author. I've been in a real. Field it's a pseudo name. <laughs> All right, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I could be wrong. Time will tell. Time will tell. What What pisses you off? Like what What makes you angry? Just in general. Like what What gets your buttons like pushes your buttons? I'm like I have like a really bad temper about like just small small things like just someone like if i'm like okay like if so, if i try to park and someone's like on their phone and they won't move i'm like furious that and i'm just fucking too. screaming at them then coincidentally if i'm parking if if i'm sitting there and someone wants my spot and they honk at me then i'm fucking furious at them as what well the what fuck? the fuck i don't live in your world you live in my you want my spot i'm doing you a favor okay <laughs> So that kind of shit. I'll just like get so fucking. I'll like go around. If I have like a bad day, I'll just get myself in a position where everything like <laughs> that bothers me. By the end of the day, I'm just furious at everything, <laughs> and nothing bad has happened that day. But it's like I've been in a war zone. Yeah, it's odd. What about with people? Like, what about like in relationships? I can't. You know what? I can't stand. I can't stand the um, the checking in all the time, or like being just having to like report back and people being like, you know, like when you're in a relationship, just the whole checking in thing that happens. And cause when someone's insecure about their feelings. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, well, can't you just do what you do and I'll do what I do. Right. Why the fuck do you have to, why well, cause it's home? a weird, it's a, it's an interesting thing with men and women. I think men need to feel like they're needed. I mean, women do too. Just it's a different thing. We do want, they? We, well, we don't, it's not that we want to feel like we're needed. We want to be considered. It's a different thing. We want to know that you're thinking about us. I feel like men... Feel but like so you're saying that bothers you. No, I, I'm saying like I, I just don't like having uh, a time, for, like some sort of like time where I'm supposed to be somewhere. I guess it bothers me like if I, I just can't have my own time to myself. I think when people get right. in relationships, they forget that you're still individuals. Well... Yeah, I guys are going to this new therapist recently who said something that I thought was very interesting. She's like, in a relationship, you have to have your own life, their own life, and, the and then the life that you build together. There's you know, which people. is obvious, but it's like a, it, it's not something that had really occurred to me yeah. in those terms. You know what I mean? And that you kind of rise up together. Um, but I think as men, it's like it's tough. With there's a certain kind of we're always stuck in this thing where like there's women who really really want us and need us and and for me like growing up my mom was like depressed a lot when i was a kid and i was always like kind of like worried about that and there's always like a certain vulnerability I, I went to a phase where i just i needed to be around damaged like yeah. damaged women who really needed me to like save them and then at a certain point you realize like that's just never going to be effective because yeah, it's you never really, going to be effective you really can't be in a relationship with anyone or you yourself until you're like fine being alone yeah and that's that's exactly what I did for the, after my yeah. last relationship. I was like, I need to be alone. Yeah, and that's what I've done the last year. There's a pattern life. of people that I'm dating, and it's not good. It's not good, and and you you are dating for the wrong reasons. But at the same time, when you're around a woman who doesn't need you, you don't get that sense at all. 
it's it's nerve wracking for men because yeah, we're supposed like, to be where, protectors and, and and someone who's building something for somebody. And if we don't feel like, yeah, where's my value? Yeah, exactly. Do what do I value? contribute to this? Yeah, yeah. And then it's but it's it's weird. Like in that fear, like what does that what does that say about the relationship itself or in you? I don't know. It's tricky. I think what bothers me about in relationships is. Well, it's tough, you know. In our last relationship, we were both in the industry, and we would just talk. What, she, what did she do? She's a comic and an oh, actress shit. as well. So mine was a comic too, my ex. There you go. And it's tough. You end up <laughs> just talking tough. about the same shit yeah. all the time. It gets too, in- it gets too incestuous. Incestuous, and your life gets very narrow. It and does. then, like, all you have it's is like one this, lane. It's one lane. It's Agents, a, that's a managers, lane auditions, fucking hosting. Blah, 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 blah. And it's me, 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 right, me, right, right. me. And yeah, you're just taking turns. You're taking turns being your own PR representative. You don't really. There's not like this you know cohesive existence between you two yeah and i don't know how you feel but like when i first got into like i've been doing stand-up about 12 years when i first got into this it was like it was my whole life and it was everything i wanted and now it still kind of is my whole life but it's not satisfying like it, it doesn't used to fulfill be. you it does well it's yeah it's not that it's not satisfying like it used to be it still is but because you've matured and you've gained some success you realize that it's not everything it's not everything and and when you're like when i had broken up with my ex-girlfriend like when barmageddon started airing and I'm like, I am I supposed to watch this by myself? Like it's really fucking. How depressing! Like my so show. So depressing. Like I could get my friends to watch one episode, but after that, they're like, "We're not watching another episode." Of this. That's fucking crazy. So then I would like about. by the end, I like literally stop watching it, you know. And then I canceled my cable, so I couldn't even watch it. Oh and my I was god, like, that's that's was, really that's a far it, step to take. Yeah, to I avoid think to yourself. this day I have not seen three episodes of the show. What? Yeah. I've only seen like a half episode of Girl Code, so I can't even. Really? Yeah. That's a total. I mean, I watched bits, but I yeah. haven't watched like f- I I watched like the first episode and then like maybe one after that and then. Are you a comic who likes to see yourself perform? No, no, you don't. No, I like to see. I I like to hear where I've made improvements. I tape all my sets and I like to hear like, oh, okay, I actually remembered to say that part or something. But I don't, I don't find joy in listening to it because it's it, it's work. Yeah. You know, it's it's like you're trying to get better. And I, you know, you, I don't know about you, but like when I listen to what I did last week, I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. It makes you angry. What the fuck? Yeah. You feel like so much, especially when you have a good set, you feel like so much more dynamic and just alive on stage than you actually come across the way yeah. you, you look and the way you yeah. hear. It's like, you see all the, you see the you ripples. You see the cracks. Yeah. 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 You totally. see the cracks and you, then you start, you know, obsessing over, it's, it's just such a process. I was listening to this Ted Talks today. One of the most popular uh, highly viewed do you watch t- you do ted talks uh-uh. they're really good it's techno technology yeah. entertainment design you know that whole thing where people go tape the shit everyone's done it right uh and they had one about creativity and it's just interesting about inspiration and finding that sort of drive to create something like i i go through ups and downs like do you ever find yourself like s- you feel inspired and you want to write and and create new jokes and all this stuff and then I, I've just been in a slump these past couple of weeks where I just don't want to do anything. I didn't want to do my podcast. I didn't want to be on stage. I just felt like empty. Yeah. You ever get that way? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Now, where do you think it, does it come from? Because I, I go through those fra- phases in different ways. Sometimes my life is so full and just there's so much joy I'm having in life that I'm like, why do I want to step out and be an observer of the world when I'm really participating? Did you just turn into Gandhi right there in that moment? I mean, I think I've had similarities to Gandhi th- since since we've met. There's been choices of God. Here's a the great difference God. is when Gandhi's crosses in your face. Can I tell you a great Gandhi story? Can I tell you a great Gandhi story? Oh, you got so, a Gandhi story? Yeah, I, I honestly do. Come on. Did you hang out. out with him in Barbados? Well, we used to hang out. In We sky surfed together. No, <laughs> I my, thought you were going to say we Skyped. <laughs> we Skyped with his corpse. So no, check it out. So my real name is Mohan. 
I was just gonna, I wasn't asking yeah. that before. So growing up, my parents always told me that I was named after Gandhi, Mohandas Gandhi. And then I heard the real story, which was my parents wanted to give me a Hebrew name. My dad went to the New Age Baby name book <laughs> inside Cody's bookstore in Berkeley, California. And he didn't want to buy the book because he's too cheap, Jew. And so he just started- Just Jew it. Just Jew, he just started writing the names down in the book. And then when they went to my circumcision, spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. Podcast is ending. Podcast Bye. Ending. They, they, the rabbi was like, that's not a Hebrew name. And my dad realized when he was writing down the names, he went from the Hebrew section to the Hindu section on accident. Do you have a Hindu name? Yeah, Mohan is Hindu. And so they, which is so funny because when I meet people and they ask, what's your real name, Mohan? They're like, oh man, your parents really gave you a Jewish name. I'm like, no, not that's at all. So, cool. so anyway, that's my Gandhi story. And then later on we played wiffle ball together and we used to hang out. <laughs> so stupid. Them, but your parents, as you said, were kind of hippies, especially that they they still are kind of hippies. Like, the they still commune? are hippies. They still yeah, they live in the commune. They still like do That's some cool. hippie shit. Well, I never know, knew women used to. Ha- I never knew women had to wipe with toilet paper after they peed. Because growing up, the only time I I had no sisters, so I would see my mom down in the garden in our house just squatting down and peeing. Would you, would you t- just, like thyme and, and sage? I don't know. I think she would crotch. just sort of fucking let that shit let go. Air dry? Just sort of air dry it. I mean, that's so a I remember when I was so I was on. I remember a date with a girl when I was eighteen. We went camping for like one night, and she asked me if I had any toilet paper. I'm like, you better take a fucking dump out here. <laughs> like I was like, what? you just didn't know. I had like no an idea. Amish? I had no what are you idea. like an Amish on rump no, just, spring? How would you know? How would you know? You don't see women pee until you fucking are in a position where you're <laughs> dating women. Like I don't know. That's really weird. But why is it weird? Like, there's probably a lot of stuff you don't know about guys, I bet. Well, yeah, I just, like, I learned yesterday, someone told me they wet napped, or they wet wiped their their dick after they peed and I'm like you I thought guys didn't have to dry their dick after don't never, you just I think, flick it wait, down? I think you might you might be dating a guy with like some sort of gonorrhea yeah, I'm not infection. Dating him. I think he has it a real a he's a discharge. It was a comedian it was Chris Neff. Do you know Chris Neff? He runs shows he does a lot of, he's he's a younger mm-hmm. comic, but he was telling me that he wet 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 wipes his dick after he pees. That's weird. Isn't that bizarre? Yeah, I don't understand. I that. mean I have to I have to wipe it up. I just you know I don't like to Yours, have wet well, underwear. Well you're notorious for having a real puddly kind of vaginal Oh Come situation. on. I don't have a puddly vag. Where where do they say that? Is that in <laughs> the news? That's in a lot of blogs. That I think it's interesting that your parents lived in a commune. That's like that's really cool. Winona Ryder babysat me because her parents also were Now at the I feel commune. like you're on acid and you're just saying that's true. random that's things. That's true. Her parents were into the same commune as my parents. Did you did And you, they were apparently really into group sex. Well, I was going to say, like, that tends to be, you know, like, the, the the evolution of civilization, like, before agriculture became a real thing, that's how people I'm sorry, lived. you just become uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson. <laughs> I can't say something. We lived communally. That's, that's the way we existed. We shared lovers. We shared responsibilities. No, that's not true. Yes, it is. Bullshit. That's a, look at this Native is just some like hippy-dippy bullshit. That's no, not, not how other couples lived. Not I bet couples, it, but I'm talking about way Yeah, you know back. what? Let me tell you what it really People was. Let me tell you what it really was, way. Rayback. There was guys who would protect with them, get them food, and then they would just systematically rape them whenever they wanted. If you really want to go Rayback, that's rape exactly so what bad. it was. Sometimes rape is I'm sure okay. it's horrific. It's horrible. It's, but it's, back it in a hunter-gatherer society, I'm sure it wasn't like... I wasn't sure, like, but oh, you want to be with Ogla? Well, Og, Ogla. Well, that's what their names were, Og and Grargo, and they were fucking cave Groot. people. Groot. <laughs> Good old Groot. But they I lived bet it was just like, they were, but they lived communally to stay away from, like, lions it and shit. It wasn't all rape. It was a it lot of rape. All a rape. lot of rape. That's like saying today is all rape, too. No, that's not at all There's some say. love. There was some love back there, back then. You don't think there was any love? Love just came out of nowhere? I'm sure there was inclinations of love, but I'm sure... Uh, 
I don't think it was all rape. You can't say it was all rape. I'm not going to say it's all rape, but there was a lot. A majority there's of it. There's more than you want there's to so admit. Much, there's going to be rape after this podcast. You better watch out. You better not bend down. You're, you're going to physically No, rape my me? dog, Carlin, is. That's kind of how your we little, end the podcast. Your little I thought, teeny dog is going to rape me or the email? big dog is Both of them. So um, that blue ball metaphor doesn't work ball. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> this blue ball metaphor is meant for a little Why hook do you and, feel a lack switch. of creativity in your life right now? Uh, I, I don't know. I mean... I'm starting to like the past couple of days. I feel better. Coming and out of it. Yeah, I just think like I don't. I remember you ever watched a show called Iconoclast? I think they did it on IFC. It was a short running show where they would have these two people from the entertainment industry from different uh, genres of the entertainment industry, and they'd meet and they'd talk to each other and share each other's you know artistry and in and, and stories. And um, one episode was Fiona Apple and Quentin Tarantino. Okay. So Quentin invited her to Austin. I think he's from Austin. And he told her about his upbringing. And she was invited him to her concert. And she talked about um, performing. And they started to bond on the creative process and what it does to a person. And, and what what stakes are there and, 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 and what it takes to make something. And she said something I'll never forget. She said, "If I when I do a concert or when I do an album, especially when I do an album, afterwards I feel empty. I feel like I have nothing left to give. And that's when I know that I, I did my best. Like right. I, 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 I am empty afterwards. And I, I'm not saying that I, I made an album as good as Fiona Apple in the past few months. And that's why I'm empty. But I think that there's something to that. Like I've been on the road a lot yeah. and working on um, building my hours so I can tape a special and, you know, trying to figure out what I'm going to do with shows and writing shows and, and continuing writing a book. So I think I just felt empty after all of that stuff, after all of that yeah. work. No, it's true. Cause I mean, that you you are digging out of that well, and it's like yeah. it's kind of like at a certain point, like Theo Vaughn made a comment. He's one of my good friends. And he I said love something. Theo. Yeah, he's great. And he said when we were talking about like comics having similar material and this and that, he's like, well, at the end of the day, we're all just sitting in hotel rooms eating turkey sandwiches. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's like at a certain point you can't be creative until you jack up your life. You because what are you talking? I was like Louis C.K. came by the the store yesterday. He's a he's a new comic. He's done very well. Uh, recently and uh, he's, he's doing okay he's doing good i think he's really fine he hasn't his found voice. his voice yeah he's getting there <laughs> but anyway we were just listening i was like he like because he's a lot of he's talking to his kids and this his marriage his divorce like he's like he's faci- i don't i don't know how you can have a life and create like like that or even at a lower level than that but he somehow i guess maybe having a life contributes to it you have things to talk yeah. about yeah there's a, there's definitely a balance to be had to be able to exist and create i think you know because it's such a give and take because yeah. the existence provides material for the creation yeah. and i think the good news for you something that, that i think you should <laughs> feel good about going like forward a joke is, is coming up. is just the relationship that we're about to begin is going to give you so much material you just want to marry me because you see i keep a nice house the, let's be honest bar, by the way the idea of moving into this nice apartment and having you gone on the road three weeks a month sounds phenomenal <laughs> gone by the way I mean, you should feel special great. i vacuumed for you oh thank you so much i vacuumed before you got thank here you. i trim my pubic hair oh well mine is mine is, is yours a, disaster. a fucking disaster mine looks like a palm tree so that's why you're having this public situation like <laughs> you just it's hard to you need to almost ring out after you're done you need Did like you, <laughs> ring out what is it a wet towel because you got all those pubic hair i just like wet. you know you're you should know like your parents are hippies i just like the natural i'm just kidding it's that's not a disaster disgusting. it's not a disaster down there it's just off. You know, you have to let stuff just be sometimes. You just let this, you just let this eagle fly out of the nest. <laughs> do you know what I do? Quote, Gandhi. Said it while we were golfing Mohan. in Marina. Quote, Gandhi. When we went to Arizona on a golf trip, he said that. Bullshit. He did. I don't believe you. That's 100% true. You can Google it. <laughs> I just like to let it grow once in a while. Once in a while, I just really just let, let 
things happen and I yeah. play Let It Be by the Beatles. That's nice. And I just How often do you think you let your legs if you're not dating a guy just really go to just get crazy? I don't get that hairy on you my don't. legs. Really? No, I can go like a month and you it would just be like very just thin little, little guys. Okay. Yeah, it looks like a you know, alopecia. Is that what that is? That hair let's loss? talk about that asshole. <laughs> asshole is a different situation. Does that you just let that really get to go to town? The asshole it's weird because the hair there's a couple hairs that are akin to that of hair on a tarantula. You ever feel? I, I don't know a lot about the tarantula follicle. Hair. It's an aggressive follicle. Okay. It's a couple. It's like it feels like little hair swords down there once in a while. Mm. Just like a couple of them come out. I really feel like that's gonna hurt my tongue. <laughs> wow, you, it's very <laughs> presumptuous of you to assume that you that I wouldn't shave. <laughs> You know who else has very aggressive hair? Baby lion cubs. What are you? What kind uh, of people I, are you dating? I, I, what, how do you know? No, because I went. I did a stand-up comedy in South Africa for a summer, and I got to play with baby lion cubs. They look so cuddly and fun. And you touch their hair, and it's like razor wire. Is it really? Yeah, it's fucking it's coarse. Very it keeps coarse. Keeps them warm though. It's very Jesse right? May cool. anus. That's the way they describe. Oh my it. god! I, if anyone describes my anus like a lion cub from South you Africa, would love I'm it, right? fine. That would be fine. That's right? fine. Yeah. Like I'm cool with that. You got a great body. I mean, I work. I work you out. Seemingly work out. But I poop a lot. In nine times a day. That's. I mean, that's ex- that's, that's an exaggeration. Excessive. I feel like that's probably we get a lot of writing done. <laughs> it's a quick thing. It's not. I don't yeah. linger. Right, you can't right. linger on the t- on the pot. Is this where you thought your life would be at thirty three? I mean, I don't think. I think you're doing probably better than you thought you would do. Yeah. You've done very well. You know, I grew up in a place where, and I talk about this on stage. Like the success was a, you know, a folklore. Yeah. In my hometown, you know, it, we because Syracuse it was a very prominent um, manufacturing town. You know, there were car manufacturers, Carrier, which was a huge, um, you know, uh, am- appliance manufacturer. And wonderful, all those shut wonderful down. appliance manufacturer. Really great. Just great, great appliances. Great refrigerators. You need an oven. You, got a you need a fucking pop you open. Want you, want a, you want a meat locker. <laughs> <laughs> Your laugh. You know, I'm going to make a sound bite. Of all of your laughs, and it's just going to be one after another for three minutes, and I'm going to rap over it. Wonderful, please do. <laughs> yeah, but you, I just you uh, need a you need a crisper for your veggies. You go to Clara Canana's. Hey! What was it called? What was it called? Hey! <laughs> I'm sorry. Did your did a did a sixteen wheeler truck just pop? Hey! Hey! Louisiana fast. <laughs> There's a commercial right yes. now. Yes, I see it. Popeyes. No, I just I don't know. I mean, grew, I grew like, up and yeah. I, I I grew up and I didn't think I didn't think anything about my life's trajectory. I didn't know what was going to happen. Right. I didn't even you know I didn't have any ambition. I, you know, there weren't a lot of successful people in my family. You know, I have like one cousin who worked her ass off working for Def Jam. You know, she was working as an assistant for the CEO of Def Jam when they were in Brooklyn in a small office, and she worked her way up to becoming like a VP wow. of, you know, um, of talent. I forget, I forget what her title was, but she was very high up and she started from the bottom and now she's here. Say it. But, and I know Finish I couldn't it. help it, but it, she's since left, but that was the only person in my family that was successful. So I didn't really, yeah. I wasn't surrounded by people in it, that lived a life that inspired me to, to achieve something similar. So I was just like, Meh, well, whatever, I guess I'll just float around. It wasn't until I left Syracuse that I realized, oh, there's other shit. When did you leave Syracuse? I was 18. Okay. I oh, moved yeah. for a boyfriend. I moved to Boston. Mm-hmm. And I did improv and all that shit. And then I just sort of found Was oh, that the world you come from, improv? Yeah, something? I did improv for three years. So when did you start stand-up? I started stand-up at the same time. So you started 
2000. I guess it'd be 2000. No, it'd be 2005. It was two weeks. I moved to Boston two weeks before September 11th. I started improv about a year later and stand up probably a year and a half later. So it's, okay. it's been. So you've been doing about 11 years. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Um, and I just. You and know, still no punchlines. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was hoping that I could learn from you, but you also don't have any punchlines as well. Really? None. I have a lot of punchlines. No setups, so they just come off like just <laughs> random things I say. No setups. It's just, it sounds like you have Tourette. It sounds who is like it? you have Tourette. I think there's a guy, I can't remember who it is. Is it Jimmy Pardo? He does a thing in his act, I think he used to, where he would just in the middle of his stand-up act, pull out a card, hold up in front of someone and be like, is this your card? <laughs> and just with no reference. <laughs> no reference. That's really funny. <laughs> so that's that's funny. funny. I like stuff like that. Yeah, who Like true. who... I know everyone always asks these questions, but I always like to know, like, who, what, did you like comedians growing oh, up? Oh, I love comedians. Who did you I love? I loved everybody. Like, did your parents love them? Yeah. Well, okay, here, I, it was the first two, like, my parents had the albums they had were Jackie Mason and oh, wow. Woody Allen, and I then got to shoot a movie with Jackie Mason for a month in Newark in 2009. You did? Yeah. What in movie? a in a It was the worst movie of all time. It was called One Angry Man. It was him as, like, a juror. I signed with William Morris. I made a joke when I signed with him that, like, the only person on the roster my mom knew of was Jackie Mason. And then later on, like, a couple months later, the, one of the agents called me and she's like, Jackie is, is producing, like, a fucking weird movie. Do you want to, like, go out there and, like, do you want to audition for it on tape? So I did it because, I mean, and the whole time we were shooting it, I would... And people who aren't Jews might not know who Jackie Mason is, but he's like just oh, the most legend. legend. He's and the Krusty's father on The Simpsons, that guy's like, what are you doing? Yeah, That's Jackie Mason. Yeah. So the whole time we were shooting for a month, it was such a disaster. Everyone knew this movie was like ridiculous. I think he just let his wife produce it just to get her to shut the fuck up. Yeah. Some people just need to get yeah. that nut out, that creative and, nut. Yeah. And uh, I would just all the time, I would just be like quoting bits from his album. And he was while you like, were taping, yeah, I would did just be it, always saying it to him. I was, no, not really. He'd oh, be like, shit. "Oh, you really know this stuff." And I'd always tell him I was a comedian, <laughs> and like, like this is this is like how funny. Like the first day I do like a line, my first line, he turns to the director, he goes, "What does he says?" He goes, uh, "He says something like, I basically said something like, uh, that's not bad for someone with no talent.'" <laughs> You do a really good Jackie Mason. Yeah, I mean, I know all this shit. Like, like, uh, I mean, I used to. I would just be like, Jackie, you know that one where you're like, I go to Puerto Rico every summer just to visit my hubcaps. <laughs> like he was a king <laughs> of like this racist Jewish shit. Anyway, so the final day of the month, like every day, I would tell him I was a comedian. He never could remember it. And then the final day we shoot, he goes, "All right, you're a comedian. Tell me a joke." And I go, "All right." All right. So I tell my best joke at the time, one that I think I like because it's basically a ripoff of like a Jackie Mason joke structure. I go, "I got a friend who's half Jewish, half black. That's gotta suck, right? You open a history book up to any." page fuck <laughs> you know it was like a joke i just done live at gotham i think it's like one of my classics he goes you know that joke only works because you say fuck and i was like wow uh, yeah <laughs> and that then it's it. when you're like okay but he was so racist like like it was right when obama was getting elected and he just and and there's this fucking he was just always going off on he's so conservative and there was this black pa moving a chair around and he goes oh great now uh, now we're gonna have some chairs missing when we come in here tomorrow <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> but stuff like, see, people can see it as racist, and but when you just look at it for the beauty of somebody who existed in a different time yeah. and their refusal to adapt, there's beauty in that. There's beauty in just being. I mean, there's there's certain ways. kind of racism that is almost adorable because it's just nostalgic. When I, I mean, it's fucked up, but it I remember is nostalgic. When I was dating this black girl, Christy from the Bahamas, she came to visit me in my small town in Boonville, and uh, that know, must like, have been a culture shock for well, her. Well, definitely. And there's like 
no black people there. And then my dad, we were going to take it out of the bar. My dad was like, yeah, I mean, you should, I don't think that's a good idea. And I was like, I was like, come on. She's like, this is fucking, you're, this is fine. So I'm like, let me just go down there and check it out because I hadn't been there in a while. You, you so I went down there just to kind of check out the vibe. And within 30 minutes, I hear this conversation. Well, the thing about is, as long as you show me not afraid of them, they're, they're, they get along just fine. I'm like, I'm like, that is so, like the way someone talks about like a dog, that yeah. it was almost adorable. Well, like it was almost like, wow, crazy. people are still doing this, yeah, you're huh? You're so cute. You're just still. You're so ignorant. You're still bouncing out there with these ideas, huh? It's like it's just like amazing. So I got the way down. I'm like, yeah, I think maybe I'm not gonna take Chrissy. Down. And I, this is Northern California. That's crazy. I mean, that's crazy. That just goes to show you that your environment can really have all the effect on your sensibilities. Or none. Or none. Because he's grew up worked well, over in a hippy dippy fucking town with like, you know, the super like super liberal educated people like my parents are, and like certain people are just like, I'm just gonna stick to this fucking antiquated way of talking. I mean, pe- yeah. I mean that's why I'm even being a Jew up there, people would follow me around high school, and be like, hood Jew, hood Jew, like they would really, do, yeah, it was like a lot of that shit. Also, I bring that on myself. Somehow. You do with I, the f- your face. Yeah, my face isn't helpful. Your face is just all right. I think you made your point. <laughs> Okay, I want to know. I want to know. Last time you cried. When's the last time you cried? Okay, that's actually. I can I tell you. I think you cry. I'm very bad at crying. Really? Yeah. You I, know, your lashes don't say that. Really? My lashes. Your lashes be, look like they'd be good at grabbing tears. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Maybe they would be if they had more opportunity. You don't I, cry? Not. I'm really bad at it. Generally, I've been at a, one of my best friend's funerals and noticing I, I was like the only one not crying. I was just like, why is this not happening? And and then I won't be able to cry. I won't be able to cry. And then I'll watch like a, I'll watch like a movie. Like a butter. Like commercial? I cried on the plane while watching Uptown Girls with. Uh, I don't know what the fuck that okay, is. Okay, it was Brittany Murphy, God rest her soul, Stop. and that little teeny girl, that little teeny girl, what's her name, who makes me cry all the time whenever I watch her. Lacey. She's, no, no, she's like uh, an actress, a little teeny like child actress. Okay, anyway, I'll like cry in these rare moments. But anyway, I've been so bad at it. It bothers me, you know? Did you ask anybody about that? Why you can't cry? But I, the most recent time I cried was about a month ago in this new therapist I went to and somehow I just like broke into like crazy tears. In the, th- in the in session. The and, I, and I was so happy. Because like I feel like I'll usually feel like Woody. You ever seen Annie Hall where he yeah. sets Annie up with his therapist and she's like, oh yeah, I cried so much this first session. She's like, you cried your first session? I haven't had so much as a breakthrough. I always feel like that. My ex-girlfriend would go to this therapist and she would every day, she'd come back and she'd just cry. And I would be in therapy. I like shut down emotionally in therapy. I'm like, is an, it because you were maybe you weren't being why. vulnerable? Yeah. I why don't did know. you cry when you did cry? It was just a you know, just what were you talking different about? pain and different vulnerability. You know, I think the pain that I find in my life that I think a lot of people do is you just feel victim to your owning your own cycles and inclinations and weaknesses, and yeah. you keep living the same the pattern the same pattern and it gets overwhelming at times you know so is that what made you upset that you realize yeah, you get, that you, you, you get so angry about thing? that and you're like, like I can't seem to change my relationships I can't seem to change I can't seem to change the way I think I don't want to think this way I, I know I'm wrong but you can't stop and somehow it just sort of erupted and I got out of there like holy shit it's fucking amazing but the crazy thing and my uh, my lashes just grabbed those tears. see your lashes they grab just the grabbed them they grabbed right held them like them. a little held pup <laughs> I think, well, I did therapy for a long time as well. and I generally find it completely useless. It can go both ways. But I, what, what I'm going to say and what I think is a, a beneficial aspect of therapy is that you're in your mind you're like, I'm not going to change the way I think because this is the way I think. But when you talk about the way you think, you become self-aware of how you come upon those patterns, I think. Yeah. And I think you crying is a is you recognizing something in yourself. And even if it's you don't have a new thought or a changed ideology about yourself in the world, 
you just acknowledging the fact that the way you are makes you upset is yeah. a huge change. It's yeah. What, one of my favorite songs by Bad Religion. It's called "Sanity Is a Full Time Job." I mean, that's one of the lines in it. And it's like it's so fucking true. Like it once is. you realize your thought patterns, like you have to approach your mental state as a full time job. You do, and you also have to give yourself a break. You know, yeah. you can't. There's no. But that's hard. Not drinking is hard because you don't have that break. Well, not drinking is hard for us because of what we do. I mean, fuck. We can hear people. We can hear the ice in the drink. We can hear. Yeah. Beers but more than that, opened. it's like our minds are constantly going. That's why we're comedians. Our minds don't shut off. Yeah. So it's like you're so dependent on after that show when your mind's been Ugh, racing to just, just drown beer. it out. Yeah, and just to like yeah. slow down and like get into a a, a nice little like chill yeah. moment, like just trying to come down after a show, especially if you have like two or three in a night. Yeah. It's it's, fuck, it's, it's so, so hard, hard to not have. Yeah. I mean, I don't perform drunk, but almost every weekend that I perform, I'll have. A couple pops. Yeah, a little pop. Just a take couple a, pops. Just, a just quick take pop. the edge off. Give me that blue balls. <laughs> Did you ever perform drunk? One time in Montana, but that was it. They, they wouldn't stop buying me drinks, but I never, I never drank. Did you fuck the day up at all? Any. No, it was, it was phenomenal. It was also the funnest, probably one of the funnest times I ever had on stage. I was like, oh shit. Where you just were uninhibited. I was just fucking going crazy. It was great. So yeah. confidence isn't an issue, huh? Not, not for me. What on do you stage. insecure about in, uh, with you? Like, what is something that you? feel um, is a downfall with your personality or choices i mean relationships are one thing and we both have covered the fact that i'm just like one thing that insecure i'll just have like you know i just go through like bouts of like just serious self-loathing and just serious like just being super you know just super judgmental of myself like i have very high expectations i'm very ambitious and i just there's times where I just look at everything as a failure and everything as a, as like a, you're 33, you're, this yeah. is what your life is, like you're a fucking complete piece of shit. I feel like honestly, like like most of us, we're a little bit, del- like we have huge egos where I generally feel like I have a shitload to contribute in a lot of different ways and when I feel like I'm not, I don't have the proof of that and I don't have, I don't have the right life that I've built like sometimes yeah. I think about like you know what do I want I want a, I want a photo album full of fucking people I love who Christmas love me mornings. memories I do and sometimes I look around my life life and I'm like fuck what would I put in my photo album now that's the depressing that you're about to receive from my dogs I'll, I'll certainly start that but then not a lot of other happy memories like well, that's like the only one just you, both your dogs tag team tag t- I mean first of all I'm worried about the little guy morning. how is the little guy gonna get up don't there? worry about are it. you gonna have to hold him up there we've got because if you do we've then got you're stuff we've got stuff that right. we do I'm worried the big the guy whole, looks like he's gonna be fine he'll he's gentle the little guy is a little rough but he's so small I don't feel like I'll know that <laughs> his kisses are gentle but his thrusts are not <laughs> the little I, guy I, if I was a little guy in this situation you have, we're just left alone with this fucking pit bull boxer. I would be horrified. No, there's. So, I know, so but sweet. all it takes is this guy to one time be like, "Let's play!" I'll grab your neck and hurl you across the room, and that guy is toast. I mean, the, the, the big dog can literally throw the little guy off the balcony. They're very sweet. He's a very sweet dog. I'm lucky. Do you ever think about your dogs are basically just victims of Stockholm syndrome? I, I mean, aren't we all? Isn't but certainly your matrix? dogs, they love you because you fucking lock them up in a room yeah, and then I mean, feed them and control everything well, they do in their lives. It's, it's wolves that we've bred down and domesticated, you know, and it, it, it may be a selfish existence, but these guys were living sh- more shittily before I got no, to no, them. Definitely. But I'm um, going back on what you were saying. You were talking about like comedians and uh, in our mentality and, and how we think. I've always called comedians insecure narcissists. Yeah. And there's that balance of and I, and I think the insecurity is necessary 
because it balances out the narcissism and the narcissism is necessary because it fuels us to perform. Yeah. It's interesting. Like sometimes I'll go through bouts where I'm really satisfied with what I'm doing creatively, like script writing or this and that. And I, and I don't feel any need to be on, st- and I have like a relationship. I don't feel any need to be on stage because I don't need approval from other people. Yeah. And I think like, oh, I don't need that. So that's why I'm not doing this. So every time I want to do stand up is when I need it. And then I'll go up on stage and do it and kill. And I'm like, Oh, but it's so much then, better it, with then it. Then that's when the drug It's so it, much it better with it. It's such a fucking drug. It's just and like it's a like, drink. You're like, I don't need it. Like last night I had three sets and the last one was the comedy star and the main room just fucking kill. You just kill it? You just get off stage you're like, oh, I'm so much better than than my set. This is the best version yeah. of me. Da, da, da. But then the worst thing is, but then it's like, anyway, let's talk about this before we end. Why did you, what makes you insecure? Um, The same thing as you, just being good enough, being... uh respected i think that's a big thing for me like you know i think the whole girl code stigma is that the show is was full of girls that are just casted and people don't realize i actually do stand-up comedy and i've been working at it for years and so for me there's this big drive to um succeed on the stand-up comedy level and and you know there are the times you're like am i good enough Is, is am i saying something that matters is my point of view uh a coherent Right. thing in my set you know so it's just for me it's, the insecurity comes from the comedy and just wanting to be good enough and wanting to you know have stand-up that i'm proud of and that actually is you know represents who i am as a person and it's not just me going after a laugh right 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 you know so it's just it's 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 the performance thing it's it's, it's just wanting to write well and and be good at what you do and be respected those are the main things that i always think about constantly yeah, and because us, we our our identity, our reason for being alive is so it's, mixed it's up threaded. in what we do. It's 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 hard. They're like a normal person can be like, like I have a friend who's like has like about a hundred million bucks he made off business, and he's just like Holy every shit. week he I know it's just crazy. Every week he flies to another place in the world, parties with other models, this and that. He's just constantly doing everything. It's like that's another way to approach that's a, that's light a, work. That's a segregated. That's another that's way to approach work. You're just like, I have money, I work to make money, and then I just live the shit yeah. out of my life. We can't do that. We can't do that. We can't do yeah. that because, our, like I said, the existence gives material for the creativity. Right. And but it's so, so broken to it is think broken. that I have to live to prove to myself and others that I'm worth it. I'm worth something. Like, your self-worth isn't that. Like, now look, I'm 100% playing devil's advocate because that's how I live and how I've just given into how I live to live. I can't seem to fight it and it seems like I found a healthy way to deal with that kind of di- dichotomy inside but like, that is so, f- it's so fucked. It is fucked but it's also, it's it's the real realistic existence that artists yeah. live. Definitely. I think it's a very consistent You're calling these dick jokes pattern. art, by the way? Is that Listen, if you can be creative with a dick joke, that's art. If it's not blatant and salacious and it's hidden under some sort salacious. of concept. an old school fucking word. I feel word. like that's how they described Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> this salacious, perverse. <laughs> that's going to be my new intro. Coming to the stage. She's been described as the most salacious comic on the oh, circuit. Oh, I swear to God, this is my new intro. <laughs> She's edgy. She's irreverent. <laughs> She's got really sharp butthole hair. She's got the asshole of a baby cub from South Africa. And and, and everyone's like, oh, Ooh. I've heard that's wonderful. Oh, wow, I hear it's delightful. Hear that's great. That's really Clean nice. Clean your teeth with that. <laughs> where uh, where can people find you? Besides in my bedroom. Yes. I'll be in there the mind. next I'll be there mentally the next six weeks. <laughs> um, or physically while Jesse's out of town. 
just it taken in the sense of the room <laughs> trying on various items items of clothing i come home and you're like reliving a scene from silence of the lambs I'm, in my i underwear. have i have both your dogs dressed up as you and i'm having conversations with you you've put my hair clips in their hair uh i think find me online the real mo mandel on uh instagram mo mandel twitter i have a uh in your special uh my special which will be out somewhere soon hopefully and uh what's it called again Negative reinforcement. That's a great name. Yeah, hopefully be out somewhere soon. So that's yeah. exciting. Yeah. And are you going to be anywhere? This goes up. Are you going to be here next weekend? No, that's I'll be nice. in Tokyo. I think. Oh, that's right. You're going to Tokyo for yeah. a little break, and little then you're going to be writing yeah. on your show, your new show. Yeah. That's so exciting. I'm so yeah, happy yeah. for you. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I got a new series coming out that I created. A new series coming out. That's exciting. Yeah. It's a it's a good thing to just get the hell out of L. A. and yeah. do your thing. I mean, I just I've been looking for an excuse to have sex with Japanese twelve year olds for a long time, and I just feel you like this really is the time a, do to do it. Do you need an excuse? Well, okay, I've been looking for a way to do it, and I just figured let me just go to them. Go there. Let me go to them. Be romantic for once yeah, in your life. Exactly. No, I'm, I'm, throw, I'm I haven't taken a vacation in like years, and so I'm just going to go to Tokyo for four days. I'm so jealous. You should. Do you want to come to Tokyo? If I could go, I would go. Why don't you go? When the hell is it? 26th to the 31st. I'm in, I, well. Cancel it. This is a great segue. I am going to be in Chicago for no, New Year's you're Eve. No, you're canceling. You the will 29th. be back. We're back on New Year's Eve. We're back on New Year's yeah, Eve. You yeah, could I literally miss the first two ones. This is why relationships don't work with See, normal I'm people. I'm trying to think we have in our first fight. You're like. <laughs> you're you like, know yeah, what's the good love. news? We get to have some great makeup sex as soon as this podcast is done. So if you could just wrap makeup this up. Makeup sex already? Yeah. This isn't a, a real argument. To me, it is. There I'm has to be like feeling homicide. There needs to be spit coming out of your oh, mouth. Oh, really? You See, that's your other. Sicilian side. It that's is. the only way you feel. I don't like, yell. Yeah. I'm not a yeller. No. No. So I can't go to Tokyo. Are we I'm still sorry. married, Tony? Are we still alive, Tony? <laughs> you ever heard Jackie Mason's? This Jackie <laughs> no. Mason. This is his impression of like a Jewish wife. He goes a Jewish wife relation to the husband. Where like the Jewish husband is everywhere he goes. Everyone calls it Sir, Mister. He's the owner. He's the partner. He comes home. You schmuck. <laughs> Whereas Italians are the complete opposite. The wife lives in complete fear all the time. Tony, are we okay, Tony? Are we still married, Tony? You tell me. Whatever you say, Tony. Whatever you say. <laughs> oh my God, that's so good. That's funny. <laughs> Jackie Mason, what a classic. Yeah, no, I'm not going to be able to go to Tokyo. Uh, okay, well. I'm sorry. Okay. That's all right. Will you bring me back something, though? I'll bring you back a... Chopsticks? I'll bring you back a sushi roll. Gross, it won't even survive. Oh, it'll be disgusting. I got a sushi roll for you. Do you have a penis <laughs> that's what that sounds i know it sounds like i have a dick I maybe i do I don't want you know that. what my trick is i make you fall in love with me then i show you that i have a dick mm, and that's kind of predatory well isn't life don't we accomplish things on a predator basis look at christopher columbus look at all the people back in existence that you say just dudes are just raping bitches to have communities maybe i'm just doing that that's a just good ju- historical it. justification i like how you put your your fucking weird dick in a historical context <laughs> Well, that's my narcissism saying that my dick has survived through decades. Not for strings. <laughs> All right, Mo. It's been fun having you on my patio. Get Thank the fuck out of my house. All right. Take it easy. Do you validate? <laughs> Mark? Mm. Clark. That's Bill, sir. Are you the one who was working on that non-nutritive cereal varnish? Yes, sir. I've got to give a speech to a trade group. I'd like to mention it. Write up a brief summary and have it to me by the end of the day. My pleasure. Layman's terms, none of that inside bullshit jargon that nobody understands. Yes, sir. <laughs> oh, Mrs. Shirley, uh, we got your Christmas card the other day, and my family and I are very flattered that you remembered us. Corporate cards. Don't forget that report, Bill. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> 
Thank you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Kiss my ass. Kiss his ass. Kiss your ass. Happy Hanukkah. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook Games.